Please rise you are able for the reading of the gospel lesson. The gospel lesson comes from the book of Matthew in the 24th chapter, starting at the 36th verse. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house has had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would not have stayed. He would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, we must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. As I said earlier, welcome to the first week of Advent. This is indeed a time of anticipation, hope, and as we'll see today, also preparation. Many probably already know what Advent means. The Oxford Dictionary defines the word Advent as the arrival of a notable person, a thing, or an event. It also knows that in reference to Christian theology, Advent is the coming or second coming of Christ sometimes referred to as the parousia. You might have already heard a lot about Advent, even if you didn't call it Advent. How many of us have heard a sermon or had a Sunday school lesson about Jesus coming into the world most humbly as a baby? We've heard about how the angel came to Mary and about the beautiful response of faith that she gave. Maybe you've heard about how the angel came to Joseph and convinced him not to divorce Mary when he found out that she was pregnant. And maybe you've read about how Elizabeth and Zechariah were given a son after years of her being barren, one who was sent ahead to prepare the hearts and minds and the way for the coming Messiah. You've heard the classic tale of a child born into a humble manger. All these stories encompass Advent. But our focus today is going to be just a bit different. Let's go back to the definition from the Oxford Dictionary for just a moment. Not the first definition, but the one referring to the definition of Advent from a Christian theology standpoint the coming or second coming of Christ. As we talk through what you normally associate with Advent and this time of year, all of them are usually about the first half of that definition. And rightly so, they are regarding the first coming of Christ, the incarnation of Jesus as a baby born to a virgin mother. But this is also the time of year in which the church is to think about and reflect upon that second coming. It's the essential duality of the kingdom of God, of both now and not yet. This is why today we turn to Matthew 24 for this traditional Advent scripture, to prepare our hearts for the Advent the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this text, we can clearly see that Jesus is himself talking about Advent. He refers refers multiple times to the coming of both the Lord and the Son of Man. But since it is Jesus himself who is saying these things, we can safely assume 
he is referring to the second coming that we mentioned earlier. As Jesus himself has already came as a baby and has grown to say this. Now he's shifting our view to the truth that there may be more in store yet to come. In the same way, what it wants to do today and throughout this season is shift our view and take in the possibility that the Advent might hold more for us than the things we typically celebrate this time of year. As Jesus starts telling his disciples about the second coming, he makes it clear that no one knows when it'll happen. And depending on how you think about it and how you see it, there are both big signs and announcements made about Jesus' birth. Many times, in fact. But when it actually happened, when it actually took place, in the most humble way, most of the world scarcely knew just how important the night of Jesus' birth was. We know that there was a star placed in the sky that those who were educated knew, found, and followed. The wise men. These wise men shared that knowledge with some rulers of the day. And of course, the angels could not help themselves to declare Jesus' birth to the nearby shepherds. But think of how many, take a moment and think about how many had no idea that anything had changed that day. How many people in the very town of Bethlehem continued with their lives as if nothing had changed? Even if the innkeeper took no notice of the baby boy and continued with his life unchanged. Jesus tells his disciples that the second time he comes, no one will know when he is coming. There will not be a bright star in the sky to follow or anyone to announce it to the rulers of the time. This should give us confidence. So if anyone tells you that they think they can pinpoint a specific time for Christ's return, you should run away. Jesus tells us that clearly that not even the angels nor he himself knows the time that the Father will send him. This is why he warns us to be on guard and be ready. He is trying to warn the disciples and us of something vitally important. And so Jesus recalls the story of Noah while explaining this warning. During the time of Noah, scripture says people were sinful. They did not know or love the Lord. Sound familiar? As Noah obeyed and built the ark in anticipation of the flood, the people continued to live their lives as normal. And in the end, they all perished except for Noah and his family. In the same way, Jesus is speaking to the disciples of the broken and sinful world, a world that needs a Savior. Jesus, of course, has come to be that Savior. But those who don't want it, those who don't listen, those who hear the call and reject it will be found unprepared when he returns. As in the time of Noah, it was those who were outside the ark who were lost and perished in the flood. In the second coming, the advent, we see Jesus warn that those who are not followers of him are lost. They will ultimately be the ones who perish. Jesus goes on to emphasize that everyone will find themselves either prepared or unprepared when he returns. He doesn't say that all those who are working the fields will be found to love him and will be saved, or that all of those who are working the mill will be found sinners and perish. It's not about what they are doing. It's about their heart. So possibly the most humbling thing about what Jesus says is that we don't truly know where anyone's heart will be when he comes again or if they will know him. It is a warning because we all must be on guard. We must all be seeking to love the Lord and to let others know of his love at all times as we don't know when that hour will come. 
As the text says, be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. So I want us all to take a moment and think about the people in our lives. Your family, your friends, those that you work with, those that you encounter. Do you think these people are ready? Are we? This is not about making sure we have all our boxes checked, or they've done enough good, or that we've done well enough to be ready. In fact, if the reason behind loving God and serving him is guilt, or to be self-serving, or how well we've done, we are missing the point. We do want to think about, in this season of Advent, is Christ. We want to think about and anticipate not only the incarnate Jesus, who we'll be celebrating over these next few weeks, we also want to have our hearts right as we seek the second coming of Jesus, the one that we have no idea when it will recur. We rightfully celebrate the beginning of Advent this week in anticipation of our Lord and Savior being born in the most humble of ways. And of course, we call it Advent because it refers to the coming of Christ. In this first week of Advent, as we encounter this gospel, we see a call, though, for preparedness, to be watchful, to be awake, to be ready. Now, we know there are many ways to prepare ourselves. Maybe when you're younger, you should have studied for that test, and you did. Or maybe you didn't. We can train physically to prepare our bodies for the work that it's called to. We can train our minds to learn, whether it's a new language or a new skill. And speaking of training and preparing, I have always found the lives of doomsday preppers, or more commonly referred to as preppers, very interesting. They're fascinating to me. And I know this name usually has a negative connotation. But the root of where the prepper movement came from came out of a very real threat that people felt every day. I remember stories from my own family, and I know some of you probably remember the days when classrooms would run drills where kids were instructed to hide underneath their desks to prepare for wartime or nuclear attack. Still today, preppers spend extraneous amounts of time energy and money preparing for the worst. We won't get into the many theories as to what they're preparing for today. But what I find interesting, the thing that I find really fascinating, is the actual preparation. What they put into that preparation. Homemade underground bunkers with self-engineered technology that allows for fresh recirculating air and running water. Or lavish homes that have hideaways big enough to hide their whole family. Or my favorite, probably because they're the most out there. The ones who are prepared to bug out. Those who carry a bag with them called the bug out bag. And at a moment's notice, they can mobilize and just go off grid and disappear. Wherever you fall on the spectrum of how you feel about preppers or the lifestyle, again, what strikes me is the preparation. The intentional thought, the planning and action that goes into the prepping. They're preparing for the worst and are willing to invest as much of themselves as possible to be ready. But here's an interesting thought. What is their motivation? What is their reason for going to such extremes to protect themselves and their families? The answer is survival. They're willing to go to whatever extreme they can to to simply survive. 
Their hope is to be as prepared as possible to survive anything that comes their way. They have an awareness that any moment their whole existence can change. Now, as I said earlier, I'm not going to go into a theological discourse if this is how we should live or not. That's purely up to you. But I think we can look at that awareness, at the awareness, the intentionality of their preparations, the motivation, and certainly the hope. Because without hope, why would the preppers go through all of this if they didn't at least have hope to survive? What would be the motivation to put in all that work if they didn't hope to survive? This text challenges us to be aware, to be prepared, to have our motivation be in the hope of God's promise, the coming of his son, Jesus Christ. So in a way, Advent, we look back to God's faithfulness. And we also look forward to God's coming promise. Both of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, being born fully man and fully God, prepared to take our sins to the cross and at his promised return. In the same way, God has gone before us throughout time. The Holy Spirit is indwelling with us right now. And Jesus Christ will return one day. Jesus brought the kingdom of heaven here and now. But there's still more to come. There's more to prepare for. We need to be awake and ready. Am I preparing myself on this side of heaven, of this earthly kingdom? Am I digging myself in to survive in this world? Or am I preparing myself for the kingdom of heaven that is here now and yet to come? And here's an important truth. We can never fully prepare for what God has in store for us. It is beyond us. And frankly, I believe that to lose completely the mystery of God is for us to limit God's very real majesty and wonder. So yes, we do not know the day or time or even the century that Jesus Christ will return. But we have hope. Our hope is so much greater than simply surviving. Our hope is in so much more than, was, than what is within us and what we can do. For these reasons, we have hope in our God who has kept every covenant, every promise, and who has sent his Son to redeem all. We have hope in who Jesus Christ is and what he has done. We have hope because we are not alone. The Holy Spirit is within us and works in us and through each of us. And we have each other. This hope is something we share between us, and it's something we must share with anyone who has yet to hear it. So how then in this hope do we prepare and be awake as the text instructs us to? In this text, we see something a bit peculiar, as I mentioned earlier, Noah being used as an example. In the Advent season, it is normal for us to think of John the Baptist or the prophet Isaiah, but not usually Noah. Noah did not know what day or time the flood would occur, only that God said it would. Noah prepared the ark as God commanded and instructed, and of course the flood came, but not without a promise that God has faithfully kept. But was Noah used for this task simply because he was a great woodworker or possibly a boat builder? No, it was not a merit of Noah's, only faith in what God had told him. God had instructed Noah to build the ark so that his family and the animals would only just survive. God saved them to carry on his creation and his purpose. 
It is the same with you and me here and now. God doesn't just want you to hope only in surviving. To put all your hope in survival. To all your preparations to survive. We know already how that plays out. God wants you to live out your hope in him. To give your life to him. To receive the gift of his only son, Jesus Christ. To share the gospel with everyone. To live with the posture and the perspective of what Jesus Christ brings. Reconciliation and life eternal with him. This means that Jesus has sent you. This preparation is your job. It's in all of our job descriptions given from God. No pressure, right? Seriously, though, our preparation is in the care of the very souls of those around us. You are a preacher of God's good word to the end of bringing people into a real relationship with the one who doesn't just want them and us to survive, but to thrive. As 1517 contributor Peter Nafska wrote, you've been called to prepare your hearers for Jesus' return on the last and great day. You have been called to proclaim his commands and promises so all will be prepared. As God's people, we certainly have hope and Jesus' return is a reason to celebrate, just as we rightfully celebrate God being with us at his birth on Christmas. And we also know that each day passes, we are nearer to the day. The Apostle Paul appeals this in Romans 13, 11 through 14. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is already the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then throw off the works of darkness and put on armor of light. Let us walk decently as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in illicit sex and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. We cannot afford to be complacent in our preparation. We cannot fall asleep at our task. It is easy for us to forget or get comfortable in our lives, forgetting to be prepared. We have to stay awake, proclaiming the gospel and loving one another as we live out our new life and our baptismal vocation. We have to embrace the mystery of God's word and timing, working diligently until the day our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ returns, trusting in his promise. So today and in this season, I want to challenge you that amidst the hustle and busyness of Christmas, this week as you think about presents and decorations, as you plan for Christmas Day and well into the new year, let us be ready, awake, and prepared for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.